I was sitting down with one of my boys for lunch the other day, and we prayed the prayer we say before eating. We've just uh, done it as a family for a while. God our Father, God our Father, we thank you. We thank you for our many blessings, for our many blessings. Amen. Amen. And for some reason, like this time I decided to ask my three-year-old what blessings were. Like, what, what is a blessing that we're thanking God for when we pray for our many blessings? And he thought and quickly actually responded, it's when we pray to God. A blessing is when we pray to God. And he was more right than, than he knew. I mean, if a blessing is something deeply good and holy that we experience, then isn't that precisely what prayer is? Is there anything more holy and good than getting to spend time with, listen, speak to the creator of the universe? Sometimes prayer feels like shouting into the abyss, hoping something sticks or someone hears. Other times prayer feels like being held in the embrace of a power and love we cannot explain. Most of the time, it probably falls somewhere in between. That's why Jesus' prayer is so powerful. It gives us the scaffolding and framework to ensure that prayer is a blessing, that it is holy and good, that it actually draws us into deeper love with God, that it actually transforms us and strengthens us to live and serve in the world God loves. I hope as we've moved through the Lord's Prayer, you've been experiencing each phrase anew as a blessing in your life, a naming of something deep and beautiful and true. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And today, give us this day our daily bread. Let us pray. God, open our hearts and minds to your word for us this day. We pray that it would take root there, grow us, transform us, that we might live for you and bear fruit for your kingdom. This we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture readings this morning come from Matthew's Gospel, the sixth chapter, familiar passage of Jesus teaching the disciples to pray as we've used in every sermon of this series so far. And then also a little bit later in chapter six when Jesus is uh, preaching and teaching the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, hear now God's word. Pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom so that your will is done on earth as it's done in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us for the ways we have wronged you, just as we also forgive those who have wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And again, hear God's word. Therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds in the sky. They don't sow seed or harvest grain or gather crops into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth much more than they are? Who among you by worrying can add a single moment to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Notice how the lilies in the field grow. They don't wear themselves out with work, and they don't spin cloth. 
But I say to you that even Solomon in all of his splendor wasn't dressed like one of these. If God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even though it's alive today and tomorrow it's thrown into the furnace, won't God do much more for you, you people of weak faith? Therefore, don't worry and say, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear? Gentiles long for all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead, desire first and foremost God's kingdom and God's righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, stop worrying about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is the word of God, us the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, as if there weren't already enough reasons to love Jesus, here's another one. Jesus liked bread. He prays about it after all. Give us this day our daily bread. But he also uses it as a sign for God's economy of abundance when he multiplied loaves for a crowd. Bread is shared between Jesus and sinners who are welcomed at his table. He identifies himself as the bread of life in John's gospel, the one to satisfy our deepest longings. And bread is what he infuses with deep meaning when at the Last Supper he takes some and gives it to his disciples and said, This bread is like my body. It will break and you will be made whole. So when Jesus prays, give us this day our daily bread, our radar should go up. He could have said, give us this day our daily meat or our daily kale. (laughs) But he chose bread. And that's because the provision of daily bread by God was huge in the most formative and important story of Israel, the Exodus. After God freed the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And daily, God provided manna for the Israelites to eat, a strange, flaky bread substance that the Israelites found on the ground every morning to eat. This was their literal daily bread. At a time when they were vulnerable, needy, and wondering about God's goodness and provision, God rained down bread from heaven every day in the wilderness. It was literal food, yes, but it was also taste and see proof of God's faithful care. This is a God who provides. Ask a Jew in Jesus' day how they knew they could trust God's provision, and they would likely share that story. So when Jesus prayed, give us this day our daily bread, he was drawing upon this powerful story of God's provision and human dependence. And that's really the core of the request and what we are confessing and naming when we pray in this way. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are confessing God's provision and care and declaring our dependence. We're confessing God's provision and care and declaring our dependence. Remember, already in the prayer, we've named its intimate relational grounding and expressed our longing and hope for God's kingdom to come. That's important because sometimes in prayer, like we want to jump straight to our laundry list of requests, right? If we're really honest with ourselves. N.T. Wright says, the danger with the prayer for bread is that we get there too soon. But once we ground ourselves in the first part of the prayer, This next part, daily bread part, is like pulling up a chair to our Heavenly Father's table and acknowledging that God has the means to feed us whatever our hunger might be. 
God has the means to feed us whatever our hunger might be. God as a creator knows that we have needs. God as a good and loving creator knows exactly what those needs are and provides them. The God who rained down manna from heaven for 40 years faithfully every single day is clearly a God who provides. We might be in some kind of wilderness like Israel was, feeling incredibly vulnerable, uncertain, unsure, unstable. Or we might think we don't need anything from God. We might be, uh, or we might be lonely. We might be literally hungry or we might be spiritually or emotionally starved. Whatever the case When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we're trusting that the God who took notice of Israel's need takes note of ours too and gives because God desires to be our daily source of sustenance. It's like Jesus elaborates on this specific part of the prayer just a few verses later in Matthew. He tries to help us get a grasp of God's loving care and provision by saying, Look at the birds. They don't sow seed or harvest grain, and yet your heavenly Father, by the way, notice he uses that intimate title again, right, Father, feeds them. Look at the lilies of the field, so beautifully clothed. They don't spin cloth. If God loves and cares for them and dresses them so stunningly, how much more do you think God cares for you, the crown of God's creation? In other words, who clothes the lilies will clothe us too whether it's clothing us with actual clothes or with compassion, humility, kindness for the living out of day at at work or as a parent. Who feeds the ravens will give us food to eat, whether we hunger for actual food or hunger for belonging, acceptance, forgiveness, fulfillment. That's what we're leaning into when we ask for daily bread. It means trusting in a God who, on our best days, is providing for us and taking care of us, giving us what we need. Trusting in a God who, on our worst days, yes, is providing for us and taking care of us, giving us what we need. When we're in the valley places, God is providing for us and taking care of us. When we're on the mountaintop, God is providing for us and taking care of us. When we really make a mess of things, God provides for us and gives us what we need. When we really get things right, God is providing for us and giving us what we need. It means that each and every day we are looking to God as the ultimate source of everything we need. God may not give us what we want, but God never gives us less than what we need. We're saying, God, we trust you to meet our needs today. Today. And that today, daily part is important. Acknowledging and naming God's provision means trusting that it is renewed every day. Like we don't have to hedge our bets or wonder or worry whether or not we will be okay tomorrow or the next day. Because if God is in fact our provider and sustenance, then goodness, God is not going to run out of generosity and care. Our, our boys collect stuff. I, I don't know if you're kids do or, or did too. Seashells, rocks, feathers, real coins, fake coins. But can you imagine if you walked in one morning to your child's room and you discovered that your child was collecting and saving up toast and bacon, cereal, for fear of not having enough food tomorrow? I mean, wouldn't you be like a little bit alarmed? Honestly, some places, sadly, we might imagine this happening for real with the world being what it is. But, but it would pain me if my boys thought I wouldn't provide for them what they, what they needed. 
give us this day our daily bread orients us away from that kind of anxious or, or scarcity mindset. It's confessing, today I have God and God has the provisions. And tomorrow it will be the same and the next day and the next. God provides. And we depend on it. At least that should be our posture. That's another huge part of what we pray when we say, give us this day our daily bread. We are declaring our dependence upon God and by extension, one another. When we pray, give us this day our daily bread, we are admitting our creatureliness. We human beings are needy creatures and that's okay. We are not the creator. We are not God. God is God. God is the creator. God made us for God's self. So of course we would be dependent upon God. It, it takes a lot to be human, to survive, yes, but, but even more to thrive. In prayer, we can honestly and authentically admit those needs without being self-conscious, without the fear that we'll be viewed as, as less than by God, without worrying about being kicked off the team. Physical needs, food, water, clothing, shelter, health care, give us this day our daily bread. Emotional needs, belonging, acceptance, fulfillment, peace, happiness, give us this day our daily bread. Spiritual needs, connection with something bigger than ourselves, moments of transcendence, eternal hope, strength to deal with life's hardships, an ultimate source of love and belovedness, salvation, give us this day our daily bread. No request is insignificant. And if you really think about it, Jesus puts in our mouths the words of beggars. We need something. We need something. But it is better to be a needy beggar at the table of God's grace than an autonomous Lord at our own tables of self-righteousness. Independence from God is actually the very essence of sin. Give us this day our daily bread reorients us away from self and autonomy and names our complete and utter dependence upon the God who made us, saves us, and loves us. It makes us ask ourselves the question, what do I have that I have not received? What do I have that I have not received? And it also shows our dependence on one another. It's give us this day our daily bread, which means my needs are caught up with your needs. We're asking for provision for more than just ourselves and praying that we might actually be a part of making sure everyone has the daily bread they need and are praying for. I mean, have you ever thought that you might be the means by which God answers someone else's prayer for daily bread? The truth is, most of us don't wonder where our next meal is coming from. We know where to find bread and food, and when we turn on the faucet, water comes out. That's simply not the case everywhere. So if we are praying, give us this day our daily bread, what are we doing to ensure that all people have what they need? To live into that prayer. One of my professors from Duke Divinity School Dr. Warren Smith tells a story about being in South Sudan teaching a group of pastors when one raised his hand and asked Dr. Smith, why do you still need to pray for daily bread? He went on to explain, we live in a world of haves and have-nots. You are from among the haves. You're from the United States. So why do you need to ask God for food? 
After being knocked back by the question, as you can imagine, Dr. Smith said it was then that the us and our part of that petition really took on new meaning for him. I still need to pray, give us this day our daily bread, because Jesus commands me to pray for all of us to receive our daily bread, he said. In other words, as children of our Heavenly Father, we have a familial responsibility to see that our sisters and brothers have what they need for the kind of flourishing God intends. There is no daily bread for all, no giving of what people need physically, emotionally, spiritually, without us participating in the giving and sharing of the things that meet those needs. When we pray and make requests, we need to recognize our dependency and ask ourselves, is there anyone in my orbit, is there anyone in my sphere that has some need that I need to be praying for and helping to meet? Give us this day our daily bread. So friends, when we feel hungry for more of something, even when we're not sure what that something is, we can pray, give us this day our daily bread. When we feel distracted by other means of fulfillment, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. When we look around at others to, to measure, assess how we stack up, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. When we worry that the satisfaction we, we, we have will, will one day run out, we pray, give us this day our daily bread. When we need patience or hope or guidance or wisdom or joy or peace or purpose or a job or or actual food, or encouragement, or five minutes of just peace and quiet. We pray, give us this day, God, our daily bread. When we pray for the needs of others, we pray, give us this day, our daily bread. And, and when we do, we acknowledge that God is a providing and sustaining God. And we declare our dependence upon this God to take care of us. And it is indeed a blessing, holy and good. Because this is one prayer that actually receives an immediate answer. God's own self, who is ultimately our daily bread. The true, deep answer and source for everything we need. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.